Efficiency Services Group partners with publicly owned electric utilities to deliver energy efficiency programs and services. ESG serves as an extension of energy services staff, bringing a wealth of skills and experience to provide direct install programs, customer care kits, field auditing and inspections, utility staff training, and reporting for Bonneville Power Administration customers and California utilities. Learn more about how ESG can benefit your energy efficiency organization at EfficiencyServicesGroup.com. That's EfficiencyServicesGroup.com. Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with News Data's Clearing Up. I'm flying solo today uh, for our Energy West weekly wrap-up of what we've been covering here at News Data's Clearing Up and California Energy Markets. My usual co-host, Jason Fordney, is on vacation this week, getting some much-deserved rest. So I'll be covering our top stories here at the publications. The West just survived some scorchingly hot temperatures from the southwest to the northwest. In the northwest, we actually set a record high peak hourly demand, unofficially, but according to the Western Power Pool, on August 15th, uh, in the peak demand in the evening, we hit 84,800 megawatt hours. But yet, despite this, the West, the Northwest came through it relatively pretty uneventfully, uh, officials at the Western Power Pool say. Um, during that time, despite this record high demand, all of the balancing authorities actually had an adequate energy supply, uh, thankfully. But that's not to say that it was a breeze to get through. In Arizona, the temperatures have been so excessive that Governor Katie Hobbs had de- uh, declared a heat state of emergency earlier this month. Yeah. Maricopa County, um, Arizona's most populous county, had 425 heat deaths, heat-associated deaths, last year. That is up from you know, 61 in 2014, 76 in 2013, 84 in 2015. They have been... Uh, climbing steadily since then. And uh, the latest numbers I saw this morning and taking a quick look at the latest headlines, I think uh, Maricopa County had maybe uh, well over 60 heat-related deaths this year. So, uh, of course, it remains to be seen how the rest of the year will go. But this uh, the heat wave, while we were able to keep the lights on in the West, it is, uh, you know, becoming a serious issue of public health and policy concerns. And not just that, but even, of course, in the energy market, uh, energy prices, when the markets are tight and the temperatures are high, two uh, entities, Power Sellers and the California Public Utilities Commission, are taking the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission to court over sales during uh, heat waves In 2021 and 2022, reports Jason Fordney at uh, California Energy Markets. So in the WEC, the the Western Electricity Coordinating Council in the the Western grid, there's a soft price cap of $1,000 per megawatt hour. If you sell over that, uh, the seller has to file a justification filing with FERC. And this has created some uh, anxiety and and, anxiety. you know, lack of clarity over whether or not a energy sale is going to be undone after the fact. So uh, 
So CPUC says that FERC's uh, way for justifying, figuring out justification uh, is unfair. They use the one of the price indexes and CPUC is basically saying, well, this is kind of circular reasoning and it doesn't actually parse whether or not these prices are legitimate and it encourages collusion among sellers. The power sellers are, of course, saying that the uh, FERC's way of determining justification is overreaching and they should let... or and they point to other doctrine uh, that's and say, look, you should really let um, the sales stand as long as you know there's not some corruption or something like that. So uh, those are headed to court. A very important issue for the Western power markets, of course. And you know, speaking of power markets, Seattle City Light has had to go to the power market more than it would like recently. Uh, two of its dams are back offline after temporarily coming back online uh, due to a forest fire burning uh, in about an hour and a half north of Seattle. Uh, this is a story I reported this past week. So this two of the three dams in Seattle City Light's Skagit River Hydroelectric project. Uh, Ross Dam and Diablo Dam had to come offline on August 12th. Seattle City Light is uh, hoping to get them back online. And in the meantime, they've had had to have gone to the uh, the market to make up for the lost generation. Uh, other than that, though, right now, utilities around the Northwest say they have not been affected by the fire wildfires burning in Washington and Oregon. Of course, wildfires are becoming a part of our norm increasingly, and they're expected to as weather changes due to climate uh, change. Part of climate change, the way it's effect, uh, supposed to affect the West, is by increasing drought, which means hydropower in certain regions of the West are going to be struggling uh, more often. Now, some Stanford researchers recently looked at the connection between climate change projections, hydropower, and greenhouse gas emissions. And they found uh, that we're definitely going to see, we can expect to see higher greenhouse gas emissions uh, as as uh, thermal generation comes online to make up for lower hydropower production uh, pr- uh, generation during times of drought. California is has the worst forecast of course, and then followed by the desert southwest and the northwest. In the northwest, I should say, the droughts are not, it's not actually expected to get uh, drier up here. It's just uh, climate change is expected mostly to change the profile of when we see a lot of precipitation and higher stream flows. Now, of course, that isn't to say the northwest doesn't get droughts. We do. It's just they're not like the droughts, the mega years and years long droughts that California or the desert Southwest see. But back to this, uh, the story about the Stanford researchers. So this team uh, used using climate data and historic hydropower and climate data figured that uh, greenhouse gas emissions are going, you know, in some cases will be up by 35% in California, 11% in the Northwest, and 9.5% in the Southwest uh, during the driest months uh, going forward. And those percentage increases are compared to average conditions in 1980 to 2021. Now, interestingly, the researchers found even in a high, in the scenario for building out a lot of renewable energy and, and battery storage, that did not actually decrease the emissions all that much. 
And they did a few different scenarios. There was that one, the reference scenario. But the, another interesting one was looking at carbon capture uh, technology development. And that one was they found the least cost to manage. But uh, in any case, as the researcher who I spoke to um, said, you know, this is these are decisions that we are making now that are going to be affecting us for decades to come. And this connection between drought and hydropower and emissions has to be part of the uh, energy policy discussion going forward. That it really, this connection hasn't been established. Like it's not, this dynamic doesn't show up in say Princeton's net zero America study that they uh, did in the past couple of years. So it's a part of the public policy decision that they, these Stanford researchers felt was missing and really targeted and it's out there. Uh, so we, of course, as it becomes part of that uh, policy discussion, we will be covering that. Uh, so check back in. And then in the last story, I wanted to get to here a story by Steve Ernst up at um, clearing up. So the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management on August 15th released a draft of two areas off the coast of Oregon that it sees uh, that it's identifying as potential areas for development of offshore wind energy. So the two areas uh, cover about almost 20 or sorry, 200. 20,000 acres. Uh, the closest they get to shore is 18 to 32 miles, or the, the range from shore, uh, 18 to 32 miles. Now, one is called the Coos Bay area. The other one's called the Brookings area. They, uh, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management estimates that they could produce up to 2.6 gigawatts of offshore wind. So that's, uh, they released the draft of these two areas. So that kicks off a 60 day public review and comment period. And of course, as always, we will be covering those developments. So check back in. You can find this work and more work at newsdata.com. Again, that's newsdata.com. I'm Dan Cashpole with Newsdays Clearing Up. That's it from me this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, Jason will be off again next week, but I will be here. So please tune back for another episode of Newsdata's Energy West podcast. Until then, wherever you listen to this podcast, please rate and review us and recommend us to a friend. Take care and we'll see you back here next week.